0: Now, Singapore Today with Lance Alexander and Daniel Martin.
1: We all heard about at the budget, right, Deputy Prime Minister and Finance Minister Lawrence Wong announcing Singapore's plans to upgrade its nationwide broadband network to speeds of up to 10 gigabits per second by 2030 but it's not just because people need to play game and download email he, this was tied in oh, very stream- movies. Or streaming movies this was tied in very importantly into Singapore's focus mm-hmm. and commitment towards driving growing technologies like AI and immersive media. And it does go hand in hand that as AI becomes a bigger part of the way that we live and work, we're going to need that higher GBPS, Mm, man. mm. Let's get
0: more from Professor Biblap Sigdar, who's Head, Department of Electrical and Computer Engineering, NUS College of Design and Engineering. Prof, welcome to the show. Uh, How many countries in the world currently have speeds like this uh, of 10 gigabits per second?
2: I don't think it's very common. First of all, Mm. thank you very much for having me on the show. Uh, second, I think it's not very common for countries to have residential 10 gigabits per second. So I think if this happens, Singapore will be one of the first in the mm-hmm. world to have such speeds.
1: Let's put it in perspective. I think right now we're at what? One or
2: two gigabits per second? Well, yeah. One? Yeah, usually one or two if you have invested in that, yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. So this could be quite the jump indeed. So what does this mean? If Singapore pushes ahead to have broadband speeds of up to 10 gigabits per second. What is the implication here? Is this about the internet of things? Is this about the growth of AI? What is it? I think it's a mix of all
2: of this. So it does impact how we embrace the internet of things to make our world a little bit more smarter. It impacts entertainment in terms of uh, video and so on. It also impacts our ability to stay connected and in terms of productivity. And increasingly, as we see AI being uh, you know adopted across whether it's your day-to-day work, whether it's uh, you know research, having such speeds, having the ability to uh, you know download immediately or act on data as soon as it is generated will play an important role. So I think it's the competitive edge that Singapore economy will have as a result of this connectivity.
0: Yeah, so it's going to be fantastic for our economy because we're investing in our infrastructure. So this will be a huge pull factors for people who want to invest in Singapore, especially if they're looking at AI or autonomous machines, because they're all going to be big, big players in our
2: everyday lives uh, in, in the next few years. That's absolutely correct. And, you know... Usually with AI, we say, you know, garbage in, garbage out. So so the quality of AI really depends on the data and the ability to get data to the models as quickly as possible and in as large volumes as possible. So having this kind of an infrastructure will allow us to be a big major player in the area.
1: But of course, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take mm-hmm. a little while for, I mean, in back-end infrastructure has to happen and things like that has to happen. This is, it's it's a, it's a long-term investment, yeah, Prof?
2: Uh, that's correct uh in general you know this this requires a lot of a lot of investment and much of the i guess uh, the groundwork and the expenses come in terms of laying the fiber mm-hmm. so one good thing about that is most of the singaporean uh, residences as well as our office complexes already have fibers installed and you know when, when we usually install the fibers not all of them are turned on so we, we have something called dark fibers so my guess is that uh, industries will be able to turn them on but then it also requires additional investment in terms of routers, in terms of access points, optical connectors, and so on. So there's still a significant amount of investment that needs to be done.
1: Even though we are current... Okay, look, I'm looking at, for example, one of the IP, uh, telcos in Singapore. There's a one gigabyte plan, there's a 2 gigabyte plan as well. So mm. we offer up to 2Gbps right now in Singapore, mm. at least with one telco provider. I'll check the other two later as well. Mm. Even with those speeds already in place, it would still mean a lot more back-end investment to get it up to 10
2: and that's correct. that it, it would still need a, a sizable amount of investment. I think a majority of that is done, but still size sizable investment still requires to be done.
0: Okay, so when you talk about that because you were talking about you know laying down the fibers and all that we already have them uh, on mm-hmm. our uh, underneath our roads and coming into our homes and offices and industries. So do you think there will be a need to change these fibers some more to to cater for these ten gigabits per second?
2: Uh, no, not we don't have to change them, but it's a question of whether their capacity is enough. So if I upgrade a whole HDB complex to 10 Gbps and everybody's subscribing to that, mm. in that case, our existing fibers that we have laid may or may not be sufficient. And in that case, we may have to lay additional ones.
1: Oh, I see. Okay. Now this kind of infrastructural change, would it result in a cost change mm. for us, the consumer? You think we'd be investing eventually in, I guess, <laughs> new routers and, <laughs> and maybe modems paying more for this as well? Yeah. So it is
2: potentially the, there's, there's a chance that there'll be a little bit of investment that needs to be done. But I think by the time, uh, you know, two, three years down the line, when this comes up, Uh, The cost of hardware keeps decreasing every year. So I don't think from a consumer's point of view, there will be a significant difference. But of course, when you're getting higher data rates and so on, you do expect to pay some kind of a premium.
0: Okay, let's crystal ball gaze a bit. Can you tell us how all sectors like education and healthcare and manufacturing will change with this sort of speed?
2: Yeah. So with education, for example, we are already considering things like blended learning where you may want to watch videos before the actual classroom and the classroom time is more towards interacting with your peers, problem solving, collaborative work, and so on. So having higher data rates, of course, helps you with that. Uh, In terms of healthcare, this enables applications such as telemedicine, right? You can do consultations from home and it's not jari, uh, you know, grainy videos that you're watching, you can do things. You can also do things like haptics where you would be able to touch and feel and, and doctors may be able to kind of sense how, how your muscles are and your orientation is and in your body. So all these kinds of futuristic applications require much higher data rates. So those will be enabled. For, and I'm sorry, you were... You were talking manufacturing as well? Yeah, manufacturing mm-hmm. as well. So the ability to, uh, you know, the, a new big thing is, is a digital twin. So where we have uh, simulation models of very, very fine and accurate simulation models of your real world. For example, the entire port. I would know very, very uh, with minute detail where exactly every container is, where every vehicle is. So we simulate them in real time and then use that to control our factories, our facilities. So these require data transmission mm-hmm. at very, very high rates. So these will all be facilitated, and, and the move towards the next generation of industries would uh, would would be dependent on the mm-hmm. uh, on our uh, possession of such uh, high speed infrastructure. Mm-hmm.
1: This is about future proofing ourselves in a way, isn't it? This is exactly. It's more exactly. than we need right now, but it's about the future right. developments, isn't it?
2: It's about the future. We are future proofing ourselves. And when and when and as and when such applications become more and more common, we will be up at the very forefront and we'll be the first adopters and have the advantage there.
0: Okay, so if we're the first adopters and we have the advantage there, what happens then if there's another country we're, we're talking to um, that's got a slower speed, a much slower speed, what happens then? You know, we've got this fast going speed, they've got a slower speed. We need everyone to jump on board this. Don't I'm we? about it. thinking about overseas Zoom
1: interviews. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about that as well. well. But, you know, just but this just hospital like that. talking to that hospital, yeah, this port talking yeah, to that exactly. hospital. Exactly. Yeah. In,
0: in case, you know, we, we want to have this synergy with other countries as well. Yeah. If they're on okay. a lower speed and we're on a higher speed, there's going to be this disconnect. How are we going to rectify all this?
2: Yeah. So it. So I think in that case, what would happen is for us it won't have much of an effect for our industries our own people because we can access the data quick enough mm-hmm. it's the facilities on let's say the third can third party countries or the other countries who would have some some kind of an issue so within singapore it will not affect us it may kind of slow us down in exporting our solutions to some of these countries but i think with time they will also catch up yeah
1: okay let's talk a little bit about the real experience of utilizing the speeds because one of our listeners uh, WhatsApped across and said, are you sure we're even getting one or two GBPS now? Mm-hmm. Have you uh, measured and checked in your home to see how often you get one GBPS? So it's one thing for the I, the telco provider to say that they're providing this, but the experience within the household might be another. Of course, those are factors of many things, including the time of day, the devices that you've got, your modem, mm-hmm. So there are, uh, whether there's concrete walls in the way and things like that. Mm-hmm. There are things in play. So can you help us for the benefit of this listener? Can you explain the difference between what is being offered versus what you will experience so
2: i think in this case this is my guess that the the user is not getting one gbps because they're using wi-fi in their home
1: that cuts it down by 50 percent, something like that right straight away much
2: much more than that i think currently our wi-fi would give you 100 mb like a one-tenth of one gbps at best Mm -hmm. so if you are using wi-fi at home you're not gonna get that so mm-hmm. if you really if you have invested in a 1Gbps link to your home and you want to use that, so currently the way you want to do it is you connect your computers to your uh, router using something called an Ethernet cable. That's going to give you 1Gbps. Mm-hmm. But Wi-Fi, no. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. So the minute you plug into a Wi-Fi and you transmit and your whole house is on Wi-Fi, that's it, it just drops that's it. by 15 or 15 So it doesn't 70%. matter, you know,
2: you're, you're connected to a highway or not, but your neighborhood road
1: is just one lane. But if it's a hard line into the land point,
2: then you're okay. You should
1: be okay. So how do we rectify this and make sure that with the 10 Gbps, this doesn't happen as well?
2: That That's correct. So I think what would happen is, so we're talking 10 Gbps, but that's going to happen in a few, few years, let's yeah. say. So Wi-Fi is also not going to be sleeping. So we are also coming up with the newer versions of Wi-Fi, such as Wi-Fi 7 and Wi-Fi 8. At the time, the data rates of Wi-Fi will also jump by orders of magnitude and that version of Wi-Fi would be able to give you like gig- gigabits kind mm-hmm. of speed,
0: Prof. What are you most excited when we talk about ten gigabits per second? What what really gets you like flying in terms of gosh, this sort of speed available for us here in Singapore?
2: Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> I I look at it more from the point of data and the ability to control things in real time. Mm. So I think the ability, the, the the whole notion that there'll be autonomous cars that will be running around yeah. at high speeds without accident, providing us with these kinds of, uh, you know, conveniences. And behind all of this, there's a high speed network. So that's to me is the most exciting part. Yeah, I can
1: see
0: entertainment being a big, big player when you have yes. speeds like
1: this. I'm going to be wearing my Apple Vision Pros yeah, when they exac- launch in Singapore. exactly, exactly. I'll be people waving be, my hands yeah, around like Minority <laughs> Report at home.
0: You won't, you won't have to go for any football games anymore. You can bring That's the football sad. game to That's your. That's the first thing you think about
1: football. Football.
0: That's it. Or, or, or being at the Olympics. You know, you can actually people be are going to be doing side. remote
1: surgeries in a hospital with yeah, virtual reality. Yes. But you're thinking about football. I'm thinking about <laughs> football. What can I see I'm a sports guy. So
0: I enjoy that sort of aspect as well. You know, yeah. you can do so yeah. many things and pretend that you're actually there. Yeah. You can have a relative in a in another part of Singapore or a friend in another part. You don't have to, just like what's happening with Meta as well. Yeah. But it, it's going to be just like that. You can actually see this person right in front of you.
1: Actually, speaking of, the other big innovation that was hmm. mentioned in line with this was the development of AI. Yeah. Does artificial intelligence prof require such high data transfer speeds?
2: Uh, So there are different kinds of AI models. There are some that you train, and then that's it. You just live with it. For those you may not need, but then for many of our applications, we want to be able to learn on the fly. So I may have trained a model, but then that's on old data. As and when new data comes in, I want to update my model. That gives me the most up-to-date experience from my AI model. For those, we definitely need such high data rates because just like the human brain, it's not like what I've learned in my high school and then I'm done. I continue Mm. continue to learn every day. So AI models also need to be updated every day or every minute or every second. So in those cases, you definitely need to continue to train your model and you need the high data rates. Right.
1: Do you think this is going to help us work from home? Like in a different way? (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. Yes yes absolutely mm-hmm. i think uh, you know uh, right now i'm talking to you over a network yes. so so hopefully uh, you know th- this is in some sense a work i guess uh, it will definitely facilitate work from home and the quality of work that we can do from home. It will definitely impact them. Yeah,
0: you know what? I'm I'm thinking about what you just said as well, Daniel. You're know, talking about surgeries. Can you imagine a surgeon being at home? There's an emergency and all he needs to do is wear these gloves and he's doing mm-hmm. the, the operation from, yeah, remotely. Robotic from, assistant yeah, surgery. Yeah, exactly. So the patient is at A&E or in a theatre mm-hmm. and the doctor or the surgeon is in his home or maybe he's, he's out playing golf or something. He just gets into a quiet area and he can conduct an operation just like that.
1: The way we nip out and take a meeting on Zoom yeah. is the way that could happen. Amazing stuff. Yeah. How Amazing. soon could this happen, Prof? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, I at got least got the lot 10 lot. Gbps, at least that. Oh, that I think a
2: couple of years should be good enough. Oh, wow. It's quite a long year. I was expecting like next year or something like that. saying one to two years. But but
0: they're saying here that uh, it will be nationwide broadband network to speeds of up to 10 gigabits per second by 2030. So it's five, six years (laughs) away. But you reckon
2: it'll be a lot sooner then? Hopefully. So technically, it Mm. would be possible. There are, of course, deployment issues and so on, which uh, because of human factors and regulations, but techno technology wise, mm. uh, we should be. So yeah,
0: I guess an advantage is Singapore is a small area; it's very concentrated, and we've got the infrastructure in place. So it's just mm. getting it sorted. But it's about, about a, laying those quick, cables. That's the hardest yeah, part. Yeah, that's the, that's yeah. the
2: hardest part. Yeah, yeah. part.
0: yeah, but because we're we're not a big, big, big country. Yeah,
1: it's going mm. to be a lot easier than, like, say, probably Argentina. Yeah. Or but, Japan. But there have been some issues, haven't there, Prof? Correct me if I'm wrong but some legalities associated with the laying of underwater, underwater cables. And there are some legal issues in terms of the geography and the, the, the location, the countries that have. I mean, is that going to be a problem when it comes to something like this?
2: No, I think uh, most of the trans-oceanic cables, I think we have them all sorted out. And uh, Singapore is actually quite uh, fortunate in the sense, uh, not, not just fortunate, I think we work hard towards it. That there are most of the big players have their data centers within Here. Singapore. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So most true. of our access of data doesn't even have to leave our shores, and we can we can get that. Um, so I would say, you know, to some extent, yeah, we have we do go get our data from overseas, but most of the data centers and so on are inside, so it should not be a problem. But Transoceanic trans-oceanic cables, I think laying is one. The other issue is all these accidents and somebody drags an anchor through your cable and, and things happen, whether on purpose or an accident, we don't know. But yeah, I think those are the other issues that we need to worry about.
1: This is exciting stuff. Yeah. Prof will stay in touch and talk okay. more about this as it continues unfolding in Singapore's tech landscape. Professor Biblap Sikdar, Head, Department of Electrical and Computer Engineering, NUS College of Design and Engineering.